What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Curvy Confidence. I'm so excited uh, for this episode because I think that this episode is special. Um, As I told you in previous episodes, it's really, really important for me this season uh, to talk about things that we don't talk about um, and to give voice, give voices to people who are often overlooked, um, people that I love, people whose stories have inspired me. um, And that is the trans community. That is the LGBTQIA community. That is... um, non-binary gender non-conforming community um i think that we have a responsibility um to make sure that every voice is heard um and as long as i have breath in my body uh, i will continue to create and formulate ways um, where all stories are told and all stories are heard I have an idea to do a show y'all pray about it because it probably won't happen till season three because I'm still growing Uh, I have an idea to do a show where I talk to um, a conservative a conservative uh, but like right-wing conservative and I'm on the left so I'm I'm not all the way to the left but I am definitely to the left and so uh, that will be an interesting conversation and, and I really want to do it. Um, I just, spirit hasn't led me to the right person just yet. So, uh, we shall see how that goes. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you guys know how we start this off. We start this off with prayer. Um, no, ma- you are welcome here. No matter your religious background, no matter what you believe, you are welcome in this space. I do acknowledge Jesus Christ as the head of my life. And so I do like to take a few seconds just to honor honor God and and say thank you for everything that he's doing not only in my life, but everybody who is listening's life. So that is what this segment is all about. Wherever you are, unless you are driving and mobile, please bow your head and close your eyes for just a word of prayer. Father God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for this episode. It is revolutionary. I thank you for Bo. I thank you for their heart. I thank you for everything that you are doing in their life. I thank you for their talent and their gift. I thank you for the ways that you are using them to spread light uh, to, to our topic today. I thank you for their light. I thank you how I have been inspired by their presence. God, I pray for all of our listeners near and far. God, I pray that you just continue to flood them with blessings, that you continue to help them move through generational curses so that they can receive generational blessings. I speak generational blessings over all of my listeners. This we pray in your son, Jesus name. Amen. Next is my absolute favorite segment and that is our gem of the week and for our gem of the week uh this week i really want to talk about me and not in a narcissistic way but uh i want to talk about curvy confidence and curvy confidence's story because i don't think a lot of people really know what it is so they know what curvy confidence is they don't know curvy confidence's story so curvy confidence started about four years ago four or five years ago and it would literally be me just I would get an idea and I would get on my phone and I would record my little video and then I would upload it and then that would be that there was no real production to it there was no interviews it was me and life started happening I got my heart broken 
twice. Uh, I became very discouraged. I gained weight. I stopped believing in God for a little bit of time there. Um, I had lost myself completely disconnected with myself and I do talk a little bit about my story in season one and I will always talk about my story because uh, God has brought me from a mighty long way praise the Lord <laughs> um, and so Kirby confidence went away it went away for uh, about three years and I came to grad school and my cohort members are amazing and nosy they're nosy for all y'all that listen to my podcast y'all nosy Y'all nosy. (laughs) I'll see you in class. Uh, So they're so nosy. Uh, And one particular uh, sister, she's my sister now. Her name is Crystal. And she was like, I like your videos. And I was like, girl, that was years ago. (laughs) You know, like, "Mm, I ain't gonna do that. Uh, But she kept affirming me. And she kept saying, you know, I think it needs to come back. You know, I think it needs to come back. Uh, Crystal don't say things that that kindly, but you get it. She's like, it needs to come back it needs to come back and uh she planted that seed and others watered it and then god kept bringing signs and i was like okay but how how it can't come back how i was doing it before because that that was it was random it there was no structure and i don't want to do it like that and so god was like podcast I was like, oh, I love podcasts. I can do that. I want to do that. And then all of this fear flooded me. I'm getting to the point. I promise. All this fear began to flood me at once. I was like, I can't do that. I don't know how to do a podcast. And so I just began to listen and listen and listen and listen and listen and and get ideas for segments and write down those ideas. And some were not that good and some stuck and some didn't. And, you know, if you listen to season one you'll see that some season some episodes there were this many segments some episodes where I was just figuring it out and I didn't know about production quality I didn't know that was a thing I didn't know about mics and I just knew I had a vision and I had to get it out and I just knew I had to do it Uh, and so I began emailing people that I loved and said please can you this is a new podcast please be my guest and everyone was so gracious to say yes and I just did it and I learned so much by just doing it. I learned so much by just jumping into the deep blue sea. If you go back and you listen to season one, the audio quality isn't that great. Sometimes when I was interviewing people, I would get stuck. (laughs) I wouldn't know what to ask next. Um, Sometimes conversation would just go over to the left right sometimes my segments were inconsistent I, I really hated doing the video part of it so that wasn't high quality because I hated it but I had to learn that I hated it uh, right and so there were so many lessons I learned because I jumped and I just have a feeling that there's somebody listening that has to jump you don't have to know how really how isn't your responsibility And honestly, you learn more when you just do it. Nike has just do it for a reason, right? You learn so much when you just go for it. And I can tell you something. I can money back guarantee you for $19.99 that had I sat there and let all of those fears flood me, we would not have even had season one, episode one. I had to jump and I had to just do it. 
I had to I had to do the Instagram. I had to open the Instagram. I had to see if I can get 100 followers. But guess what? I got 100 followers in three days. That was God saying me, telling me my hand is on this. You have my yes. Will you give me yours? Jump into the deep blue sea. Because what you will find is, is that it is not as deep as you think. And baby, you can swim. You got this. That is our gym of the week. That is my favorite segment. I say it every episode. I just love it. You know why? I love it because it feels like you and I are just sitting in your living room having a conversation and you just told me something (laughs) and I'm able to share a piece of my heart and you're able to share a piece of yours so I pray that I blessed you today because you bless me all right it's time for our newest segment uh This segment was not in existence in season one, but it's also one of my favorites because it highlights a curvy girl entrepreneur. This week, I want to highlight a boutique that I love. And I'm be real because y'all know I'm transparent. I don't know how to say it, but I think it's Amari. It is spelled I-M-A-R-E. So I think that's Amari Boutique. Uh, On Instagram, it's at Amari Boutique. And first of all, the owner is an African-American woman. She's curvy and sexy. Oh, get into it. She's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Uh, And her confidence just radiates through her photos. I don't know her personally. Half of these people I don't know personally. I just admire them. And I think that it's important to shed light. But also her clothing is beautiful. Um, It's high quality. It's creative. um, And it, it fits her body so well. We have a similar body shape. And so she... You know, I, I look at look at her and I'm like, it, it's hard to find clothes that fit curvy women in this way. It's not expensive and it's high quality. It's going to last you. You ain't going to wash it and then it's done. No, you are able to wash it. You don't got to go to the dry cleaning sis. You can wash it. It's okay. Uh, and it's still going uh, to, to be high quality. Uh, to find her on Facebook, on Instagram, it is at I-M-A-R-E-B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E. She is amazing. Uh, Her name is Martha E. Berry. She's the CEO and she's fabulous. Please check her out and uh, let me know what you think. It's time for the interview. My second favorite segment just because gym of the week is so fire uh but this uh interview means a lot to me and the reason why this means a lot to me is because it's someone who means a lot to me it is someone who has inspired me uh this person uh looked at me in my face when I didn't believe in myself not even a little bit and affirmed me This person, uh, despite all of the trials and tribulations that they faced within uh, where we have connected, they took out their time to pull me to the side and affirm me, and that is special. Uh, Bo Frazier is a director, a choreographer, a writer, an actor, uh, a, a creative and a very good one. <laughs> like, you know how sometimes people be like, I do this and I do this and I do this. And then like one is stronger than the other. 
yeah, with with Bo, they're all very strong. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, you direct and you act and you choreograph and you are just as good as all of the at, at all of those things as you are with anything. Like amazing. And uh, the thing that I love most about Bo is they are growing. They're in the process of growing uh, into a space where they are unapologetically themselves. And it started, uh, I, I was able to see kind of that, that process unfold. Um, and it has been one of the most beautiful, beautiful uh, stories that I have witnessed. I'm not going to keep you from this interview any longer. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Hi, Bo. How are you? Hello, my love. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm so excited to have you on. You have inspired me in so many ways. I think I tell you this all the time. I hope I tell you this all the time, uh, that you inspire me so much to live in my truth, to be all that I am. And so I'm so excited for people to get a taste of all who Bo Frazier is. I'm very, very excited. Uh, I did tell them a little bit about you, but can you please let the people know who is Bo Frazier? Well, honey, if you find out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. Bo Frazier is a person. Um, I grew up in uh, the same state that elected Mike Pence as their governor, which is awesome. Um, but I did grow up in like a big city, Indianapolis. Um, so that was better than I'm sure rural Indiana. Um, I am a theater artist, I say, because uh, I direct, write, and design, and choreograph, and I do all the things. And I'm formerly an actor. Um, and, and they do all the things well. Get into it. Oh, Lord. Um and I've I've lived around. I ever since my adult life, I've lived I lived in London for four years. I lived in New York City for two years, and now I am here in Iowa with the one and only Brittany Horton. Um, in grad school for my MFA in directing. Um, yeah, I'm in. I I mean, I would say I'm always a curious person. I never assume that I'm always right in everything. And I, um, I en enjoy getting to know people and different experiences um, because I can only speak for one experience, and that is my own. So, yeah, I mean, that's me in a nutshell. Is that enough? <laughs> that is more than enough. That is amazing. Right. And I, I said that you do all things well because it's true. Like, oh, I've known you for a year. Oh my God. I've known you for a year and yeah. I've been able to see all of like most of your art. I've seen you act. I've seen, I was in a show that you were the movement director for. I was in a show that you were the director of. Like I have been able to see so many forms of your art and you never cease to amaze me. And so I want you to wow. know that when I say you do all things well, that it is the truth like you are the Bo Frazier and soon the world will be able to understand exactly what that means and I'm excited for that 
Let's hope so. <laughs> so today we're here to talk about something that is very near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, and that is this question of identity. Uh, more specifically, yeah. our episode is called Yes, I Wear a Dress. And people will understand why much later. I'm so excited. But can you please talk about what does identity, right? Th- this word that that means so much, but is often talked about so little. What does this word mean for you? How do you define identity? I mean, it's definitely something that I'm still exploring within myself constantly. Um, I identity identity to me means who I am, um, just just who I am, and that to me means deeper than what I appear on the skin, deeper than what people perceive my personality to be. Uh, it is just what I know to my core to be true. And uh, it is taking me a long time to sort of discover what that is for me. And I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, and I'm still discovering to this day. Um, it It is something that only I can tell and no one else can. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's yeah. powerful because it means that your identity is for you. And it's not what I heard you say was that like, this is mine and it's not for anyone yeah. to understand. It belongs to me. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people um, perform identities for other people. And I'm sure that there are moments when I am on in performance mode of my identity, but um, it is who you feel to be when no one else is around and nothing is stimulating you when you are just alone, who are you? And, and I even think it's more like, what do you feel like you are? Cause I think feelings are so, um, <sighs> feelings are so up in the air and misconstrued, but it is like who, uh, who you are to your core. That's what I say. Wow. Can you unpack that for me? You said people tend to perform their identity. Unpack that juiciness right there. Oh, Jesus. I didn't mean it to be shade. (laughs) Honey, no, it wasn't shade. It was profound. I think, um, I mean, there's definitely something I'm struggling with because, um, when, when your audience sees a picture of me, um, I am a, I will say I am a very masculine appearing person. So there are times when, because I have a beard, um, and because I'm never shaving my beard because I like my beard. Um, there are times when I even feel like I have to perform my identity so that people see me as what I identify as. So I, I identify as a trans non-binary person which means that I I was assigned male at birth and I do not identify with that. I do not feel like I am male or female. Um, and sometimes in order for me to uh, be seen as non-binary, I have to put on more feminine attire. I have to wear makeup, which at all times feels like me, but sometimes I'm not always in the mood to. Um, uh, so there, there's just a level of performance that has to happen in order for people to uh, see, or, I mean, I hate to say it in order to validate who I am. 
and to be seen as who I am. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But why? Like, why do you think this, like, why do you think this is? Is is it something that we've all become accustomed to? Is it something that is placed on us? Why is there this pressure? Because, you you know, you, I am female identifying and very rarely, unless I'm going out, it, unless it's an intention, like it's intentional, you ain't going to see my face beat because I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like doing that, you know? So why is there this pressure um, to perform in, in how we identify? Why do you think that this pressure exists? Well, I'm, it, it's society. Um, society throughout history, uh, I will say throughout modern Western history, post-colonialization, oh God, I can't talk, post-colonialization has put um, constraints on what people can be and what people um can act like so clearly there's a huge uh stigma to women having power um cis women having power um and that is a thing that we are working towards but it is still um uh there is a huge amount of organizations that do not have any women in any power roles um it is also been we've been brought up to think that um well we've been brought up to think that there are only two genders and that is it is the same as your genitalia um and that a person with a dick has to be masculine has to wear pants has to not show feelings um and a person with a pussy uh has to bow down to people with dicks and has to be effeminate, has to shave their entire body, has to do all these things when it's all just fucking bullshit. And what is, when you actually go down to like the root of it, besides the the social construct of what gender is and what we've been told that gender is, why can I, why can I, me an assigned male at birth, with a beard, why can I not wear a dress? Right. There's, why? there's nothing, there is, um, I'm, there are countries where that is a law for sure, but there is nothing saying that I cannot do that. It is a piece of clothing that is seen to be more feminine, feminine but it, with our state of society, feminine clothing, feminine people are seen as weak. And it's that's just the biggest bullshit I've ever heard in my life. Just because I, I want to wear a dress or a lipstick or whatever, I am seen as weak, and I am seen as emasculating other people. When I'm like, what I'm doing has nothing doesn't affect you in any sort of way whatsoever. But why am why am I not allowed to do what I want to do? What I feel most comfortable in? What I feel most beautiful in? You know, it's just, it's just like, when you actually think about it, we are told these things from a young age, but we never question it because we're told them from a young age, but there's nothing behind it. It's all made up. It's completely made up. Yeah. Wow. To, to keep, to keep 
others comfortable. And it like when you were talking about that, it reminded me because I'm a I you know I do public speaking, and my my mentor when he was kind of teaching me like how how to craft a speech, how to perform the speech, how to do other. He told me because I have a my voice is weird. Sometimes it can be high, sometimes it can be low. But he, he literally would make me practice how to talk in my lower register because he said that's how you get audience to audiences to listen to you. That as a woman, the only way that I could be seen as powerful or as someone to listen to is if I deepened my voice, right? And it was this idea that a deeper voice is associated with masculinity. And that was the only way that I could be respected in those spaces. Yes. Because quote unquote, masculinity is powerful mm-hmm. because women have not been women and or feminine people have not been bestowed with power in our society. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's cool. That is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> when did you begin to, kind of feel or realize that the gender that you were assigned at birth may not be who you are at your core? When did you begin to realize that? So this is something that I've been, okay, so in total honesty, I I say that I'm 26, but I'm actually 32. Um, and I, I did not fully publicly come out as trans non-binary until I was 31, less than a year ago is when I actually fully embraced it in the public eye. Um, and it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Thanks, honey. Uh, I've, it's never felt more right. Nothing has ever felt more right. It was strange. But I think, um, well, growing up in Indiana, I never, I had never heard of non-binary. I didn't know that you could be anything but a man or a woman um but i had always been more um connected to feminine things and feminine people um i i i never felt like i really fit in anywhere um i mean theater was a huge saving grace for me because theater is a bunch of misfits being misfits and embracing their uniqueness so that's where i fit in as far as a community but as far as like fitting in as a person i never really felt like i fit in and i explored it i remember i remember as a kid like trying on my mother's dresses and things but i was always told well that's what a bunch of gay boys do whatever so like in high school i came out as a gay man um and that felt good um and i think that there was one summer that i spent in Chicago doing like a summer theater institute where I was like we were staying in dorms with no parents and we went a group of us went to a vintage store and I bought vintage dresses and skirts because within this group it was totally accepted and I was walking down the streets of Chicago at 16 living my best fucking life and it felt so good and then when I came home um one of my parents who um, was a, a very conservative um, Christian Republican. And I say that because um, I do not see Christians as bad or Republicans as bad. There are just certain views that a lot of that my mother had as a Christian that were not uh, 
how I read the Bible, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, that she um, did not agree with that. And uh, one day when I went to school, I came home to find all of those clothings were cut up and ripped up. And um, it left a huge scar in me. And I, from that point on, I tried to pretend like I was something that I was not. And my mother and I are since absolutely wonderful. She has been the most accepting person. She has given me a lot of her old clothing. Um, she has apologized and she is now a very different person, much more loving, loving and accepting. Um, and we are absolutely great. But it still had an effect on me. And even within the, the, I will say the cis gay man community, male community, there is a um, stigma that if you are feminine, you are uh, less than. Um, so for years, because I was identifying as a gay man, I tried to make myself more masculine. Uh, I... I made my voice deeper. I only posted photos that made me look very extremely hyper-masculine. And I tried to be this thing that I was not. And for it, that was for a long time. And I think it was, there was a, a playwright in the program here at Iowa that just them, them existing and them being who they are. I've had a couple conversations with this playwright, but them existing in the world as a non-binary person um, completely changed my life. And I um, I remember thinking like, I remember feeling like kinship to this person. I remember thinking that is what I am. Mm. How, how did I not see that for this so long? And I mean, I think a lot of it is my upbringing in Indiana. I just didn't know that non-binary was a thing i had sort of i knew trans people uh, growing up but they were always um a trans woman or a trans man and not necessarily trans non-binary and i think that this person living uh living their truth very visibly and very publicly and using they them pronouns like it hit me to my core where I knew I had to do the same because I have never felt uh, more attuned to myself than when I was finally exploring that part of myself because of that person. Wow. There's a couple of things that you said that I want to talk about. And the first one um, was about, you know, the relationship with your mother and how your, your heart broke when you came home and realized that your clothes um, had been ripped up. How did you heal that wound um one the heartbreak of seeing every seeing something that represented who you felt you were uh, to be destroyed and then also the person destroying that to be your mother and the reason why i'm asking is because i feel like a lot of times we we don't take into account the stories right and we don't take into account the healing that has to happen in order for you to be able to step in to all that you are so can you talk a little bit about how you healed that relationship and how you also healed that wound and what that process was like for you i don't i i'm honestly Brittany, i can't remember 
what actually happened post that. All I can remember is that it shoved that part of me so deep inside that I never looked back Mm. um, until what? That's actually, that was probably 16 years later when I was 31 that I really began to explore that. I think my mother and I um, are sometimes too close. Like she's definitely, I mean, I'll be honest, she's definitely my best friend. She's the only person that I talk to every single day. And my mother and I have been through a lot of stuff together. Um, uh, My mother was divorced twice. Like I had a stepfather who used my mother to raise his kids. And it was just, it was not in like faked love. And so my mother and I, uh, just naturally grew so close because we needed each other. And I think I knew deep down that she would come around. Um, Cause she was, she was very okay with uh, my queerness and because she has had queer friends, she kind of did theater with me, but it was just, I mean, I, I think the root of all of our problems, Brittany is xenophobia when it's it's just the fear of something that's different and you just don't understand it. And had I been older, like I am now, I could walk her through it and help her understand, but I did not have the tools or the knowledge to do that at 16. And I think, um, I mean, I think that my, my whole life would have been different had that not happened. And had I um, been to a... a different school and a bigger area with a more open-minded community, but I, it still made me who I am. and I don't regret it, but it significantly shifted the trajectory of my life and how I, um, there was a lot of self-hate and a lot of, um, not accepting myself, uh, throughout those years. And I think, that it affected how I treated other people. It affected, I mean, honestly, it affected how I treated other people who are now out as non-binary, but her who at the time were just really feminine men. And I treated them less than because I thought I was less than. And it, um, I've since had the conversations with people who I treated poorly and I've, um, apologized and asked for forgiveness, but that can't change what happened. Um, it was hard. I mean, like for, for 31 years living a lie and lying to myself and not accepting myself and hating myself, you know, it was hard. What can you say to, first of all, thank you for that vulnerability. Um, because you know, self-hatred showed up in my life and I too was very, very mean to people. And, um, people that mirrored who I was, you know, um, and who I, who, and mirrored who people told me I could not be. Um, and so what would you say to someone who might be listening, um, who hasn't come out, who, who, who may know that, you know, what they've been told they are is not really who they are, but they don't really know that they're still figuring it out. What would you say to that person? Oh, Brittany. <laughs> um, I mean, that's hard. It's so different. It, it, it is different for every person and every experience. 
I um I firmly believe in uh vulnerability and openness and transparency. Um I know that there are people within their situations um cannot be um I think that there is um there is a community for every person of every creed, size, race, gender, sexuality, any of it. There is a community. And I think one of the good things about social media and the technology age is you can find those people, those support groups um, online, and you can find people who are going through similar things um, if you look for it. And like, even if you don't know the terminology, even if you don't know what gender nonconforming means, even if you don't want to know what non-binary means, it, you, how you feel you are on the inside is okay. It is okay. What is wrong is the society. And there are times and there will be times and there are times that I have to um, pretend like I am something else to get by. I. I do have the privilege to appear masculine. Um, and I mean, I don't think I can ever hide my queerness because just who I am, but I can, I can, uh, I can appear masculine to get by. And there are people based on their living situations where they are in the country, whether their family doesn't accept them or wouldn't that have to pretend like they are something else. And it it does a lot of damage, but if you find a community, if you find an outlet, if you find if you find your people, um, it will make life worth living. It will. Um, sorry, this is hard. Um, it. Um, oh, I'm I'm tearing up, Brittany. Um, it's 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 cliche, but um, when you find your people, it gets better. And there's the, the whole the Trevor campaign of it gets better, but it does, it does. And you sharing you, the general you uh, sharing your light with one person um, is worth it to um, spread your love and spread your truth and share your story. Um, we have to do the things that we do to get by, but it is worth it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that was, <laughs> I teared up too. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, another, yeah. another thing I want to talk about, uh, you mentioned earlier is the they, them, their pronouns. Can you unpack yeah. um, what exactly that means? And um, when someone comes out as non-binary, what, like, what does, what does the pronoun shift actually mean and, and how can we move forward with that? Yeah. So um, it, I, it, it was something fairly new to me within the past couple of years. Um, it just with this whole um, finding myself in my thirties, which is crazy to me. Um, it's, there are just little things in our society that, um, he and she are just so, uh, rooted within, um, men and women. And 
there have been um, attempts to um, broaden our language, our linguistics of um, to uh, allow for more gender neutral um, ways that you can refer to people. Um, and there, there have been attempts to make new pronouns like uh, Z, Zem, uh, spelled with a Z or an X. Um, and there are some people who go by those pronouns. Um, but the one that has sort of um, caught on, as they say, is they, them, because uh, we already use uh, a singular they pronoun. Um, singular they pronouns have been used since for centuries and centuries when the English language um, was developing in literature and everything. And I mean, I, that was one of the most generalized things that I said, but it has been used for a while. Um, but in recent history, we've kind of been taught that they means uh, is a plural pronoun and that, or it is an ambiguous as in, you don't know who that person is, but you're, so you're just going to say they. Um, and that's, I think, one of the things that my mother has most struggled with, because all her life, they meant plural. Um, even though I will give her examples of they, them being singular, um, to each their own is one of those. And it's just like, but because that's, quote unquote, an ambiguous thing and not referring to an actual person, that's not seen as singular, even though it is. Um, so it's just it's just a way to refer to someone that feels more comfortable and more neutral and isn't putting um, uh, putting upon someone what they do not feel to be true. Um, there are some people that are okay with all pronouns. There are some people that are okay with two pronouns and there are some people that are okay with only one pronoun. And I, I think a huge thing that we can do is sort of normalize the asking people's pronouns and not assuming anyone's gender. So like there are going to be days where I am very much masculine presenting and anyone would walk up to me and be like, Oh, that's a man, but they are not going to know my experience, my identity. And if we can just really start not assuming people's gender, assuming their identity, their experience, and being open to uh, and normalizing asking pronouns and normalizing the use of he, she, or they, or any others. Um, I just think the more the more inclusive our society would be. I actually had a friend who's very, very liberal, very queer accepting, that was like asking me all about this, and I was like. If you don't know someone's pronouns, just ask them. If you don't know their identity, just ask them in a nice way. Just ask them. And he was like, what kind of world are we living in where we have to ask someone's pronouns? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> uh, how about a more inclusive one where we are not prescribed to put it, where we are not put into two boxes and we cannot step outside of those two boxes as people? That was, uh, and from a person that I would not expect that sentiment to come from, but it was just lack lack yeah. of knowledge um you know so it's just it's just being open and normalizing it and um making for an inclusive society because uh 
I've shared this with you, Brittany. Um, there are uh, other gendered people have been uh, have existed all throughout history, and just because our uh, Western cis white post colonial literature does not display it doesn't mean that we weren't there. Um, there are Native American cultures that had five genders. There are African tribes that do not uh, assign their gender to children and they let them choose their gender once they go through puberty. Um, it's just like this, this way of living that we've been taught as a society is so oppressive in so many different ways um, outside of gender, but just within gender. So it's just, it's, it's, helping to make our society more yeah. inclusive. How can other communities better support um, this movement and this move towards a more inclusive society? How can we be better allies? I think, I mean, the huge thing is one, of, one thing I said is not, don't assume someone's gender. Just because one day I don't wear makeup and I'm wearing pants uh, and a t-shirt, it does not change who I am. Um, I think that there's there's a huge push of this motto, the future is female. And I actually, um, I, a, a lot of trans and non-binary people are sort of pushing for more of a, the future is fluid. And there, I understand when, when women are seen as truly equal, then, then perhaps we can look to the other gendered people. But I think that um, I think just being open to other experiences and not thinking of the world as men and women only. Um, and sometimes um, one of the best things you can do as an ally is actually to not ask the question and actually just go home and Google it because since me, I mean, since me coming out for the second time, I have been bombarded by people being like, what is that? I don't understand that. Can you educate me? And it's like, for my really, really close loved ones, yes, I will do that. But it is a really taxing thing to just <laughs> to literally explain what I am to people over and over again. And I just think that there are resources out there where if you just... There is a great website. Um, oh gosh, it's the Gender Wiki. So like, um, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, what someone can Google. Um, yeah, it is just the gender genderwikia.org that literally has the most simplified explanations of all the terms around gender that is really helpful. And I think that having to justify and explain my identity to people over and over again is really emotionally taxing. Um, and I, I understand why people want to have that connection and not just read about it online. But also I think people can be a little um, aggressive about it when they don't realize it. Um, so that's, I mean, that's a huge thing. Um, maybe not ask questions and go on to the gender wiki. Uh, um, yeah. 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 That's, that's, that that's great. Yeah. 
One thing you talked about um, is, you know, if I wear pants one day and a top, that doesn't change who I am. I want to talk about the fabulousness that I have witnessed over this last year as you have stepped into the truth of who you are. And we are all graced with these Mm -hmm. beautiful outfits that are dresses and rompers and heels and the best lipstick I've ever seen. I still don't know where, where you get them from. Can you talk about your process, like how you feel when you step into the dress and how you have been received while when you are in the dress. Yeah. Um, it's definitely mixed. Um, I will say that I have never enjoyed being in a suit. Um, I think they're the most restrictive, uh, clothing that is me personally. There are other people who love suits. I have just never felt comfortable in suits. Thus, I have never, uh, until this last year, felt formal and beautiful and comfortable until this last year when I started embracing my true self. Um, And I, I mean, I will say I am not rich. I mean, Brittany, you know how much we get paid in grad school. Um, That I have, uh, and I'm also which we have not acknowledged on this podcast. I am a curvy person. (laughs) Um, I am grateful for the uh, slow acceptance of plus size feminine clothing. Um, It is by no means where it should be, but it it is there. And I have, um, I've done a lot of thrifting. I have received a lot of um, hand-me-downs from friends, which like, Half of them are like shit and I give them to goodwill, but half of them are really cute. Um, and I, there was the moment which um, it, actually the huge one for me was actually, there were a couple of huge moments. So um, me with my Ew. red romper, which had a, my the romper had a train, which was just so dramatic um, for opening out of the play that I directed that you were in. Uh, where I had to give like the opening speech. That was the first time that I've talked publicly in front of an, in front of a captive audience who couldn't leave um, wearing makeup and jewels and a very feminine outfit and heels, uh, three inch heels, honey. Um, And I have never felt more alive. I've never felt more beautiful, more comfortable. Um, it, it was great. Um, then there was another moment where I, for my mother's birthday in April, we went to Chicago to see Hamilton. And we went to this very fancy, like, like very expensive, bougie steakhouse for dinner and went to go see Hamilton. And I was walking along the streets of Chicago and at this restaurant, which they had a gender neutral restroom. Yes. Thank you. Um, I think the one of the moments that has uh, been hard for me is I went to New York over the summer to do research for my thesis. And I was very excited to be in New York, um, which is obviously one of the biggest cities in the world and very uh, seemingly uh, queer and liberal and whatever open-minded you want to say but i it it was brought to my attention 
how um, uh, New York is not all open-minded, that there are people in New York who are not open-minded um, and who are not raised to um, be accepting, that I think some of the worst um, interactions I've had, the worst uh, glares, uh, the worst uh, uh, like snide remarks that I've gotten were actually on the streets or on the subway in New York City. And that was um, surprising to me and also hard to me um, because I was thinking about moving back to New York after I graduate. Um, so that was hard. That's been a hard part of it. Um, and I mean, there's also like, I don't feel comfortable wearing certain things when I go home to Indiana, you know? So it's it's been a mixed bag, but like the moments where I feel good, I've never felt so good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How has wearing dresses and really, really, it's, it's, it's not even just about wearing dresses, but like dressing how you feel, how has that been able yeah. to help you uh, embrace the curvy? Ew. Ew. Um, I, I mean, I will say uh, I still have body issues. Like I think we're all, we all have body issues. Um, I, uh, I have been either blessed or cursed my entire life. I have, for lack of a better term, I have boobs and I don't, uh, I, (laughs) I still, I don't know if I want them. I don't know. It's weird to me. Um, but it has, um, it has really helped me embrace my literally my curves and where in um, before this point, I sort of tried to hide them uh, with uh, layers or hoodies or whatever. And I still wear a good hoodie, but it has really um, helped me to embrace my body and embrace myself. Um, and that I can be beautiful, like actually beautiful and not be, again, what society tells me what beauty is, uh, you know. Um, and I, not not that I need other people to validate it, but I have gotten so many remarks from people that from that I've known my entire life that are saying it is so... Um, I never, they were like, I never knew, but it is so nice to see you finally flourish and to be who you truly are and, um, who we knew you to be all along. Um, just even people who've just seen me in photos and I, it's, it's really telling that I am, I am Mm -hmm. who I am meant to be right now. Not who I was. You know what is so also so inspiring about your story is that, um, and I don't, I don't, I know, I don't know if you have fully realized it, but there is so much self compassion involved with what you're talking about. Because what I just heard you say is like, I am who I am right now, and I accept that, right? And that may be different tomorrow. That may be different in an hour. 
But and, and if it is, I accept yeah. that and I give myself the room and the space to just be who I am in the present right now. That is beautiful. Yeah. This yeah. has been oh, amazing. Yeah. And I am so grateful to have you on. I'm oh going to be real with you. I was nervous to ask you because... <laughs> um, I was like, they're going to say no. <laughs> and you have been so gracious. So thank you. Did I tell you I started boxing? Speaking of curvy and body issues. What? Yes. Boxing? And it is the best thing I've ever done in my life. It's better than yoga. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Please Ooh, tell me. It is, it is the best thing I've ever done in my life. It, yeah, I'll be imagining all these little boys that play with my heart on that boxing thing. and I go off (laughs) it is so fun and Mm -hmm. it's it's like you know speaking of like self-compassion you go at your own pace you give your body permission to just be in that space and do what your body needs to do and then by the end you're like wait it's over you know because it's 45 minutes and I have never done a workout and been like wait it's over you know if you could talk to five-year-old Bo what would you say Oh Jesus! Um, <sighs> just love yourself. Like, I mean, I'm still struggling with it, but just like, just know that who you are and who you want to be, and the feelings you are having, and the the struggles you are having, it is all okay. Like, you will go. Well, obviously, you will go through a lot of tough times, and be lost for a long time um, and not know what is next or whether you deserve love, um, but you do. And just like, just stay true to who you are and who you want to be and let all the naysayers just like fuck off. Yeah. I would, and I would play fuck off to a five year old. Oh, thank you for making me laugh because I was about to, I was about to ugly girl cry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you oh so God. much. This has been amazing. I cried um like uh, four or five times during that interview. <laughs> Uh, one of the things I love most about the interview is there's so much to love about it but the one of the things that I love is uh, it's a it's a story of compassion right compassion for others compassion for self because in order to be who you are you have to be able to practice self-compassion right because before anyone else can recognize who you are you have to recognize who you are and you have to accept that this is who I am. And so the, the biggest lesson that I learned was it all boils down to being compassionate for self. And once we are compassionate for self, we make room for everybody else. Y'all know how we end this out, we end this out with a very quick meditation. 10 deep breaths and an affirmation. Uh, to go wherever you are unless you're driving don't do this if you're driving sis or bro relax (laughs) Uh, wherever you are find your feet on the floor 
you're ready, we're gonna just take 10 deep, satisfying breaths. Breathe in. I believe God's plan for me. I believe God's plan for me. Thank you for a beautiful episode and a beautiful week. I love you all. Next week is super powerful. So please check it out. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. I'll I'll see you next week. I don't know, y'all. Bye. (laughs)